Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Coughlin Bonds Podcast. We're here for number four, again, with managing partner Tony Coughlin and myself, Jamie Arden. Uh, today, we are going to touch on the brighter side of financial planning. Uh, the reason we're going that way is, I guess we had a bit of a difficult day here at Coughlin Bond yesterday. Um, you know, Tony, I did notice you sort of had a back-to-back of some pretty hard times and went to your office for about an hour yesterday and closed the door on us. Um, do you just want to touch on sort of the emotional impact that that can have? Yeah, I did. Um, I'm very proud of our industry and the work we do, Jamie, but it also hits us very hard when you're impacted by it. So went to a funeral yesterday um, of a client and, you know, the the celebration of his life was sensational. Everyone in there, Sydney Swans colours, he was a mad Sydney Swans supporter, well, original South Melbourne supporter, um, you know, even when uh, his coffin was leaving the church they had these uh, this one's theme song going so but that was such a celebration of a great person's life who has impacted so many people in his own way him and his wife have um, in their lives and businesses as well and so going to that uh, was hard and then coming here and finalizing a claim for a client who is a very very dear friend of mine and you know brain cancer claim and that that was very difficult so going doing those back to back I I just needed some time out and some time to myself was pretty emotional I saw you see the good work that we do but they're real people and you know and and that's what makes that hard so yeah it was it was a lot of raw emotion both from a positive and emotional side yesterday yeah and that's why I guess we've decided to move it and have a positive spin on today um I guess get the mood up in here a little bit but and I think we we sort of always talk a lot of our videos have been about insurance and the impact and and also funds management but I guess let's talk about the stories that the bright stories of, of retirement um, and where people have met their goals and, and they're still striving to keep living a fantastic life. The first one we'll touch on, uh, I think it's our longest standing client for you, but you, uh, you're actually asked to talk at their 90th birthday or his 90th birthday, um, I think last year. Um, do, you, do you want to touch on Les? Yeah, so uh, Les and I are an absolutely beautiful couple. They've been clients of mine for nearly 23 years now. I've in the industry 28 years um, and yeah they're long-standing clients and I was absolutely honored when Les rang me and asked would I give a speech at his 90th birthday which also happened to be their oh I've got to get this one right I think it was their 65th wedding anniversary as well so it's um does that maths work right <laughs> so it's uh, so it's uh but they are an absolutely beautiful, beautiful couple. Um, you know, when, when you've been dealing with somebody for so long, it's uh, great to see what they do. But the, the, the joke that Les has always stated is he's been a client of mine since he was a young man. You know, <laughs> so, like and, and when you think about it, he, that's actually true. He was, he was in his 60s. <laughs> you know, so realistically, when, when he first became a client. But the story in Les and Ina is great. Les is, um, Ina's a country girl from Shepparton. 
Um, so was very involved in the shul up there in Shepparton, which they put a plaque down for, I think, last year. And comes from a really good family. And Les was an immigrant from Scotland. And, you know, as Les said, is the two greatest decisions he ever made in his life was uh, one, leaving Scotland to come to Australia, and secondly, um, asking Ina to marry him. And... You know, so you could say it wasn't a bad decision for Ina to say yes as well. All these yeah, years been, later, yeah, but yeah, but I think they, I think they're a great example, Jamie, of just that immigrant story of hard work, and has done really well. So by no means did they come from you know wealth or anything like that. They've had everything they have today, and they're very very humble people. Has been due to their amazing hard work. You know, they've owned milk runs, they've delivered papers, they've um, owned a bottle shop, uh, and it's all been through hard work, early mornings, long hours, work, working weekends, as they raise their two children, interestingly enough, who one has gone back and now lives for the last 20 years in Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that one. Yeah, so it's... Uh, but beautiful couple. Uh, it's been a pleasure dealing with them uh, for nearly all of my career. And they are successful because they worked hard and saved money. Yeah, this, I guess, it I wasn't guess, the era of compulsory super. No, nah, we were talking about yeah. that this morning. Um, their, their, their story and I guess different generation stories are, are very different from each other in the way that they can save and save for retirement. I yeah. guess, you know, my generation, I'm not really looking at retirement at the moment. Um, it's you know, a good 30 plus years away from me, but their story is very different to what my story is going to be once I reach that age. Absolutely. And it's, um, and you know, you'll be still a young man kicking a football when you're 90. <laughs> but it's uh, the, the, if you, if you take Les and Ina, basically their basic premises of uh, the money that they have was actually through hard work and basically the first 10 to 15% of what they earned, they put aside and saved. Uh, saved, invested, etc. And if, if you think about that, the analogy that I was using with you this morning is that if you save 10% of your net wage every single week, you won't miss it. You, you'll work things into your budget. It's not a case of budgets tight. There's so many things that you can take out of your budget. So if you take, uh, if you take them, they save 10% to 15% of their net wage every single week. So they basically gave that to themselves. Uh, before the tax man and everything else and you know donations are very charitable people as well but by doing that if you consider that if you save 10 percent of your wealth of every cent you earn what have you actually saved after 10 years you've saved a year's income yeah so then if you add if you've done well with that and actually made money off that by investing it realistically after 10 years you saved two years income and then when you then your income should have also gone up over that period of time as well. So so when you consider over the space of a decade, they've saved an entire year's income there. Now, once again, you times that by two or three or four or five decades, over time, that's an immense amount of money. But if you're taking home net, you know, a thousand dollars and you're putting a hundred dollars aside, and you earn seven percent on that over the space of a year, nothing, or seven percent on twelve hundred, it's nothing. 
you know, so it's uh, so right. Sorry, fifty two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> it's really still think, nothing. I, so I think when you when you're talking about that, you know, talking of decades and things like that, yeah, they're, they're probably the most interesting example to look at in the firm as they have been with you for so long. And, yeah, and experience, I guess, tech wrecks. They've experienced, yeah, you know, a, a lot of times where the market hasn't been great. Well, um, thankfully, we never got hit by the tech wreck. The markets did, yeah. but we didn't have any exposure to. I, I just couldn't justify buying Amazon shares at a PE ratio of two thousand. Yeah. you know, so I struggled buying anything of P ratio of 20 so and don't get me wrong Amazon is a great success but they're you know they, they got hammered uh, during that tech wreck as a lot of people's wealth did but in saying that though there's no problems in having exposure if you take them as an example they had exposure to the S&P 500 so if any of those tech companies got into the S&P 500 they had exposure uh, through that rather than taking individual bets but yeah they've they've been through, they've been they've been through the 87 I mean uh, from memory I think Les was born before the great depression so it's uh but it's yeah, he was actually, the year he was born was the because uh, I did this in the speech the year he was born was the first uh, transatlantic telephone uh, call was made so now mobile phones yeah. and etc. Think of think of that. That's the hello, Jamie. Twenty five second delay. Hi, how are you, Jamie? So Big it's uh, yeah. So it's um, and I I think so. When you think of everything that they've actually gone through, they've just worked hard. They've saved. They've gone through all the ups and downs. I've seen money go. They've gone through the GFC even just ten years ago, which was horrendous. As much much worse than a tech wreck. Um, they've seen planes flying to buildings and watching wealth disappear in the space of one day but also over time has come back and they're they're still going away and helping out their great-grandchildren now and putting stuff aside for them and helping them out of encouraging them to have more lunches <laughs> so to go that, out more like, and enjoy themselves what, a bit. what you've raised there i guess really leads into our next next section and, and something that's really important and another client and what we've seen a lot lately I think Australia haven't really gone through it, but the US and I guess the UK have definitely, but that intergeneral wealth transfer. Um, yep. You know, do, do you want to sort of explain what we've been doing with clients with that? Yeah, the intergenerational wealth transfer is an interesting thing. A lot of people plan, think about doing that based on taxes. Yep. Um, and as I said in one of the previous podcasts is when you retire, don't help your kids out, go and live life. You know, retire early and live life. But if you've done really well for yourself, uh, and you, you're never going to run out of money. Well, you can do what you want with it. It's your money. We'll help you invest it. But yeah, there's a couple of examples. Once again, I'll give you two examples of long-term clients. Um, uh, Robin and Kay, they've been clients for oh, probably 15 to 17 years now. Um, great clients. Uh, Rob has made his fortune several times over. Uh, he left school at the end of year 11 because uh, from Geelong Grammar because school was holding him back from making money. His 18th birthday, he bought himself a Porsche with his own money uh, from work. Always worked on the farm and the lands. And absolutely brilliant man. And it was, it was actually interesting. Um, Josh had to give him a call, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago. It was on a lovely hot day anyway, so it might have been a month or so ago. And he said, oh, hi, Josh. And Josh goes, how are you going, Robin? He goes, we're currently sitting under a tree having a beer at the golf course. I'm having a great day. And Josh, Josh comes in and he goes, boy, do I want that life. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't even play golf. <laughs> no, that's right, exactly right. But, but the thing is, though, is, is Robert deserves that because everything he's got has been through his own hard work. 
building businesses, selling them off, building businesses, selling them off. He's, he's built up a great property portfolio. He's got a great investment portfolio. Um, and through that, he's done things, you know, he's been able to educate his kids well. He's, he helps, he pays for the grandchildren's uh, school fees. They, they're very, very close family. Um, and what Robert decided to do with some of the changes that came into power, um, legislation, sorry, uh, probably about two years ago now, we sat down and we said, we think it's actually time to start doing the intergenerational wealth transfer. So he's always helped them out, helped the kids out with houses and things like that. And as I said, wonderful close family. But now it was a case of the government were changing the rules on non-concessional contributions. So Robert decided, well, you know, if I can stick half a million dollars into each kid's uh, superannuation funds, and this is the one last off. So he started cashing out. We looked at tax position, started transferring wealth now, uh, so that no matter what happens to the kids in the future, um, their retirements are absolutely planned. You know, they've got no issues. So. By starting to do that now, what we're doing, there's no estate taxes, as we know here in Australia, yep. but it doesn't mean there won't be taxes in the future by realising assets. So we're starting to set things up now where both the kids are protected, the grandkids are always looked after, uh, the family's wealth is protected, and they all get to enjoy the, the fruits of, uh, and it was in vegetables, not fruits, but <laughs> the yeah. fruits of mum and dad's hard work and as I said great family uh, love working with them have for many many years love going down to the house in Mount Eliza um, beautiful, and, and, and beautiful you're, example you're, once you're, again hard work yeah you were talking about that tax planning and the last client we'll touch on I guess when we're talking about intergeneral wealth transfer we have you know the, he, his health is declining um, and, and he had a fair, fair amount in superannuation but we've actually grabbed that money and taken it out of super yeah we have so um, referring to Alan there, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Alan uh, has been very successful in life, um, ex-Formula One race car driver, um, you know, managed six uh, Bathurst wins. He's uh, not him personally, but, you know, with um, drivers that he looked after and managed. So he's, he's a lovely guy. Once again, he's been a client, I think, for 17 years now. Um, unfortunately lost his wife to early onset Alzheimer's, uh, she's a former Miss Australia, interestingly enough, but he lost his wife um, about oh, just under a year ago now. So, and they were inseparable, uh, the two of them. They only, had, uh, they only have one child, one son. And basically what we're looking at now is, as you mentioned, Alan does have a large superannuation balance, but what we've tried to do there is say, well, because um, their son is now classed for tax purposes an adult, uh, so he's a non-dependent uh, under the CIS Act for superannuation. Basically, what we've done is Alan's health is not great um, and we've decided time to do that intergenerational wealth transfer now. So whereas his son would have been their beneficiary of the superannuation, by doing what we're doing, we're saving the estate through superannuation nearly $300,000 in taxes. So by actually taking it all out now, it's tax-free, leaving it through a testamentary trust for his son uh, to be set up. And basically, so by doing that legally, no, nothing, no shady deals, no trust structures, nothing like that. It's very black and white, it's just using the tax laws to our advantage. We've saved the estate $300,000. Now, 
even if you consider just that savings, if that savings was to earn 7% interest, you know, it's, uh, his son's only 27, so even if it was just earned, that savings alone earned 7% interest, that's worth 110, 1.2, in 30 years' time, that 300,000 in tax that he hasn't paid is worth 1.8 million. That's huge. Yep. So it's not just the immediate savings, it's the fact that, you know, if uh, his son lives on forever, which he will, he's a very healthy uh, young man, just over 30 years, that's an extra $1.8 million in his account. So that's a great example of intergenerational wealth transfer, but forward planning as well. And um, this is the importance of financial planning. It's not just about investing and do we think, you know, Facebook is a good stock to buy at the moment or anything like that. It's, it's actually about planning. Yep. The investment strategy just forms part of the plan, but the most important part is getting the planning correct to start with. Yeah, I think the most exciting part is seeing people achieve their goals and their dreams. We've touched on goals and habits and things like that in previous podcasts, but to see these people retire and travel the world, um, that that's the positive that's a positive thing in our job. They've worked hard, saved their money, and spent less than what they earned. Really, yep. quite simple. You know, something we could all contest to. Yeah, so something, think, so something you I think of your learn. generation, Jamie. <laughs> Here we go. You think of Let's your wrap gener- it up now. <laughs> so, you think of your generation, yeah. 9.5% of your wage already goes away for you yeah. for your retirement. It still doesn't mean you shouldn't be saving the 10%, right. even though you've got a mortgage now. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so, so. Um, okay, so what we'll do also is if anyone has any questions for us um, next week, we want to see if we sort of get a few get a few questions coming yeah, our way. has been quite yeah, sensational. It has. Actually, a yeah. few comments on Facebook. So, you know, jump on board there. But if you want to email inquiries at um we'll try to answer your questions and we'll see you for the next podcast. Thank you. Thanks.